least I can stand up here by myself. Whew, boy. Jesus. Let's just keep ministering to the Lord. I don't, I don't the dog ate my notes, so I'm kind of uh, in a free fall. Jesus. I had to stop for some hair extensions before I came. <laughs> Jesus. Let's just keep ministering to the Lord for a minute, all right? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Big things are happening here. It's, it's, you know, it's never really the naked eye that sees those things. It's only three, three dudes out in the, de- in the field by night even knew that Jesus was born. Isn't that amazing? The, the, uh, the epiphany of the world, the, the crescendo of all creation, three people knew. So, you know, I don't assume that you're all going to be jumping up and down like tops tonight, but I'm telling you, this is an epic moment. And uh, I think prophecy just just the kaleidoscope or the, I don't know, I've been on top of the space needle and they give a, put a 50 cents in, you can look through. And you can see something you wouldn't have normally seen, even at that height. See, often we can go up to the rarefied air of inspiration, but still need a telescope. Still need uh, Revelations chapter 4, verse 1, come up here. There's a door open, let me show you things to come. And that's what I believe moments like this are. And that's why I don't really uh, follow an itinerary. I got delivered from that demon about five years ago you ever heard of the demon of itinerary very driving tormenting spirit (laughs) anyways and uh revival doesn't go by it you know transformation doesn't follow the lead of a calendar it follows the lead of the spirit that blows where it listeth it comes and goes you don't know where you could pull into a town for a weekend and stay there for six months you never know you never know you know moments like this today you know it, it could be 50 kids up here that that can't peel themselves off the carpet. You know, they don't follow protocol. They don't know the light trick. They just are stuck in a different world. And they're being transformed and translated and taken to other nations. And once they get up three days later, <laughs> they're ready to go. I'm telling you, man, these are epic times. Praise God. It's exhausting sometimes, too. I love that feeling of exhaustion, don't you? You just, ah. Oh. Like you just went through a time warp. Because in some sense you have past, present, and future in a glimpse. That's really what eternity is. It's past, present, and future colliding in one kaleidoscope of, of time. Let me say it again. Eternity is like a kaleidoscope, past, present, and future colliding in one moment of time. Boy. And you get to see for a moment. You get a glimpse. Like Daniel. That's what Daniel did. He saw past, present, and future in a moment of time. An old man. No computer, no internet, no high definition, 42-inch Vizio, nothing. Old brick and mortar, sand of Jerusalem, nothing. Black and white, melancholy, and saw the vivid future of our world beyond what you see today. That is staggering. And it all came from a posture of prayer, came from a man that dug in. I heard the Lord say a few days ago, he says, find your trench and dig in. This is the time. We're the first line of defense. We really, truly are. I'll never forget, earlier this year, we were in uh, downtown Los Angeles, had the privilege of ministering at Azusa Street. Fred and Wilma Berry, who did the 100th year anniversary and et cetera, they've, they've now uh, tended that well since 96. Uh, they petitioned in Los Angeles to put up the memorial signs, and now you can go visit L.A. and find it. Tim Story had it off by about six blocks. It wasn't even there. An archaeologist came and literally found by the inch where Azusa stood, 
and where in nine weeks, a hundred countries were touched by the gospel. No trains, cars, or automobiles. That's what true revival is. True revival is a compelling force that provokes you to good works and love. Revival is a train that you can't get off of. It is. It's not an optional thing. It's not an insurance plan that pays dividends. It's something that is so forceful and so powerful that it catapults the gospel overnight. That's what true revival is. It's a catalytic force that propels the word of God into the uttermost parts of the earth. And by the way, we still have half the world yet to be saved. I document a lot of this in my new book, The Cry of the Harvest. If you're under 18, you can have it for free. Well, a few of you can. They all be gone. If you're over 21, you have to pay for it because you have a job. No, it's a <laughs> terrible joke. Farrell told me that one earlier. But uh, uh, we document some of that. There's literally over 3.2 billion that have never even heard a reasonable, conscious demonstration or an articulation of the gospel of Jesus. Half the world at this present moment, statistically, with all the computers and whirlies, and they have not even heard Jesus. And to have the audacity to think the rapture train is pulling up tomorrow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the erroneous philosophy of man? Can you imagine the, the doctrine of some demon that would tell you, tomorrow you're leaving and half the world will go to hell? That, my friend, is an eroding, decayed cross, if that's true, isn't it? My God, it's not his will that any man perish. And see, so the Lord's posturing us right now. He's getting us in position to be a new Fox's Book of Martyrs. He's getting us, you know, every disciple was unemployed. (laughs) They were laid off. I believe this great recession is a great commission. Let me say it again. I'm not prescribing you no job at all. I work too. I'm on the job right now. What I'm saying to you is a recession is always a precursor to a great commission. Oh, man, that should encourage you. They left their nets. They left their family trade. They left the favor of their father. And they entered the gauntlet of misunderstanding, persecution, controversy for the rest of their life. And 11 out of the 12 died a miserable death. Oh, Jesus. Because of a glory that was set before them. And they pinned such words as a better resurrection. My God. Boy, they weren't popular conference speakers, by the way, at all. I mean, at all. (laughs) I mean, their message was die. Their message was fling yourself into the lion's den. No wonder Paul could have that testimony. At my first answer, no man stood with me. Boy, no endorsements for his book at all. Until now, bestseller, read by all mankind, more sold than a computer could compute, and written from a prison cell. Best conference ever. Best worship seminar you could ever go to is midnight in the prison cell, Paul and Silas praising God. Oh, man, what song was that? What song could I possibly sing that would shake the physical Fabric of a prison house caused ironclad doors to spring open, chains and fetters to fall off prisoners' hands, and a jailer to fall down and cry out for God. You tell me what song is that. It's not Michael W. Smith. Maybe Petra. No. <laughs> I'm not sure what certain what song. Astounding man. 
They must have heard a cadence. They must have heard something, man. So earth-shattering, so thought-provoking, man, that young boys would hurdle themselves into cities and whole regions would be saved. Teenagers would hurdle themselves over the iron fences and cities full of sorcery, witchcraft, tarot card readers, and all sorts of things, and whole cities would be saved. That is called someone that has nothing to lose. That is called someone absolutely so sold out like Rachel Scott must have been in Columbine. It must have been what the song she was listening to. My God. Jesus. Praise the Lord. But you know what produces the greatest songs? Prisons. You know what creates the greatest books? Torture. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm a popular speaker, ain't I? Where'd they all go? You know? Did you take an offering yet? No, I'm just bad joke. Terrible. <laughs> Farrell told me that one earlier. <laughs> oh, boy. Blame it all on his Carolina shirt. So all blame it on that. Praise the Lord. Should we pray now? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, powerful, brother. And so you know what? Recession always brings a commission. The book of Acts was not written in a liberated country. The book of Acts was not written in a, an incredible conference setting. It was written under a Roman regime. It was written under a Roman empire that had them under their thumb. It was written under slavery. It was written under tyranny. Cory Ten Boom didn't become a legend. In America, she became a legend in Auschwitz in Germany where she watched her father and her sister die. But it gave her a joy unspeakable, gave her a fortitude, gave her a power within that could withstand darkness, depravity, decadence, despair, desperation. And just like Paul, the end of the word he said earlier, no man stood with me, but the Lord stood with me and delivered me out of the mouth of the lion. See, I'm talking a new language, man. For me, it's a new language. God's begun to teach us in America. Die. Persecution. Because it's coming down the pike, man. If you even take a Bible into the White House, if you even take a Bible past the threshold of Congress, you're arrested. Ask Dutch Eats. You're arrested on the spot. It's illegal. Oh, man, this is exciting. That just means revival must be breathing down on the nape of our neck. And God is raising up a new breed. Praise God. Ah, oh, man. Are you okay? I'm getting a little nervous. So am I. Oh, Lord. Jesus. But we've been asking for it. We've been begging God for revival. It was one of the biggest mistakes we ever should have ever done. I mean, really. Lord, revival. Oh, boy. Well, I'm telling you, as an Indian, I can hear the thundering hoofbeats of revival coming down the road. And it might be havoc and chaos to some, but it'll be sweet bliss to others. I'm telling you right now. It turns over tables and heals the sick. Rips up the ceiling, lowers them down. Oh, boy. Everything's upside down in revival. Praise God. Praise God. Whew, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for things that cannot even be articulated, things eyes not seen nor ears heard or even entered into my heart or imagination, which you have in store for us, Lord. My God, Father, we thank you for a city such as this. Boy, the evolution, the change that they've walked through, Lord. My, 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 Father, we thank you, Father, that you've nullified the attacks of the enemy. I see that. I see the enemy's attacks being neutralized right now in this house in Jesus' name. He's been playing a stall game. He's been bluffing us, man. He's at the table pushing all the chips in and, and trying to intimidate us, trying to hurt us, trying to keep us on the sick bed. I'm telling you, God's about to raise us up because we've committed to a greater cause. The moment you commit to a greater cause, the moment you say, I will go no matter where you send me, I'm telling you, Isaiah 58 will kick into gear. Isaiah 58 will kick into gear, and your health will spring forth speedily. You'll be like a well-watered garden. You'll invite the stranger into your house. You'll deal your bread to the poor. And I'm telling you, friend, your night shall be as the noonday. And he'll prescribe a fast to you that you can eat all you want. But you'll see the future. You'll deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. Oh, boy. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God. Yes. This is about big enough. You're almost there. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> You're almost there. Praise God. Someone say something. I'm getting a little, I'm getting nervous now. Thank you, Lord. Well, I was kidding about the size of the building. You're almost there. No, nothing can hold what God's going to do. That's why I'll overflow into parking lots. Church will just become like a little, uh, like a pit stop for a race car. You come in and get fueled up, throw off your tires, get some new rubber, and rip off into the city, into public schools, back lots, backyards, basketball courts, everything with a B. <laughs> and you'll just blow up. And God will move and sovereignly begin to visit your workplaces. Relieve you of duty in one place and give you another job somewhere else position you and posture you and put you in the right place at the right time as God begins to breathe upon the land, man. As he begins to stir the fire. Stir the fire. Praise God. And it all comes from moments like this when we say everything, Lord. There's no no in your diet. That's the fast he wants you to come on. No more no. I won't do that. I won't go there. Dude, just say yes. Trust him enough that he's not going to send you. Well, he could. Jesus. He absolutely could. You know, you go to my Facebook now. I do have one. And I stripped off all the little applications like who, who you know, uh, you know, what, anyways. And on the side, we got this application now that shows you a, a, a lost person in a lost nation every day. And it just cycles every day. It shows you these people groups. Remember the 3.2 billion? We're only pushing over $6 billion. That happened in 2004 or five. We crossed that threshold. They're expecting by 2020 for our population to double. See, the harvest isn't getting easier. It's getting even further, broader, higher, which is going to necessary then for a broader, higher, deeper call, a broader, higher, deeper commitment. See, that's what all this is for. God is boring out our commitment. He's 
height, depth, length, love of God, calling us to a deeper commitment. That's why he keeps confronting us in this way and, and changing our line of thinking so that we can begin to put our hand to the plow because a greater call is coming. Are you okay? Jesus, amen. I'm weeding you out. I'm, I'm going to, Father, thank you for missionaries in this room. Every person under 21 is a missionary by default. The rest of you got to wrestle with it and figure it out. It's done. You are it. I'm telling you, man. Because you got less alternatives, less options, man. You got less entanglements. Remember what 2 Timothy says? Preach this next week. Any man, uh, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, not entangling yourself with the affairs of this life, that you can please him who's called you to be a soldier. The, the younger you are, the less entanglements you've got. Obligations. Loans. But Lord, you wanted me to have a house. How about a nation? Why don't you, ex- the exchange rate's incredible. House for a nation. Hmm. I'm telling you, folks, listen, this recession's a great commission. He's loosening you from the moors of debt. He's loosening you from the moors of a fraudulent credit score that's an illusion of grandeur that puts you deeper in debt to score higher. It's a twisted fate of the American dream, and now it's spitting you out on the shores of Nineveh that you can follow the true call of God. Oh, that's on the tape. America spitting us out. The American dream is regurgitating the church out of the throes of a prosperity doctrine into a doctrine of commitment, commitment and radical obedience. Oh, man. And a new breed of missionary. I know some of your thoughts will just go, wow, what's that all about? It's about the call of God. It's the gospel according to Jesus. Just read your Bible again. Any version will say it, even the Catholic one. You can even pick up a Mormon one. They're in the King James, by the way. It'll tell you the same thing. Deny yourself. Follow me. Give all that you have to the poor. Come. I'll give you riches untold. Heathen is your inheritance. Uttermost parts of the earth is your possession. My God. And the Lord's position in the church right now will begin to launch people like never before. There'll be a recirculation in church like you could. I mean, literally, the, the, the life expectancy of a common Christian to church will be one to two years. Let me say it again. The life expectancy of a normal Christian will be one to two years or less. You'll come in, be commissioned, and be sent out. And it'll take a whole wall. You ever went to a church and they have one little bulletin board, missionaries? It's the most boring place in the church. Hmm. Da, 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 da. Missionary week next week. Hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, you're going to have a wall of heroes. A wall of people that have said, I'm going to go here, New York City. I'm sending me out. Providence, I'm going to start this over here. Uh, South America's calling, et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to go abroad. I'm going to tell you, man, God's going to begin to scatter us to preach the gospel. It's going to be unreal, the most adventurous time. You know, iPhone and laptop in, in tow and, and going out to the uttermost parts of the earth. Unbelievable. Praise God. And the South is going to become a, a crucible of this. The South was always meant to reach the world and the enemy got his fist into it. Rather than reach the world, it enslaved it. The power of opposites began to take effect. A region that was meant to reach the world, reach its kings, reach its queens, put it in shackles and fetters. But guess what? The destiny of God, the call of God is without repentance. Can you say amen? As southern as you are, 
Say amen to that. Your destiny is still at play. Man, the, it's still in effect. And God's taken down that rebel flag, and he's putting up the flag of Rahab. Whenever anyone sees that, that's, that's so pronounced to me because the Lord has showed this to me, that when anyone ever sees that scarlet thread, that scarlet, that's a sign that God's going to take a city. That's what that means. When she mastered that flag, that was a sign the city was about to be taken. Lord, have mercy on me. And it's a city taken by force. Not by soaking. Can you imagine David as Goliath trumpets across the plains and David's laying in the river? Woo, boy. No way, bro. A ferocity, a determination, a tenacity, a violence, an aggression. And he stirred himself, strengthened himself in the Lord and ran towards the battle. That's what this sound is. Oh, boy. Amen. Jesus. Whole cities are in the balances now, man. It's just crazy. We were just in Fresno for the weekend a couple weeks ago. And uh, we, we remembered the New York Times front page just a few months ago. New York Times, you know, accolades of New York Times in the front page for Fresno for its homeless. <laughs> Thousands in California. I'm telling you, it's unprecedented. Thousands fill in tent cities. They call them Hoovervilles. Like the Great Depression. Unbelievable. See, we, we have this kind of this illusion, you know, media and stuff. This stuff's real, man. And I just wanted to test it and see if it was still there. It's been a year. So we went out to Fresno, lining the streets as far as you can see. Downtown, shadow of skyscrapers and Starbucks. Homeless tents. And it's a new breed of homeless. Oprah Winfrey called it the new face of the homeless. They'll pull out a laptop and show you pictures of their family. 20 years, engineer for AT&T. Homeless. Honda holding up their canopy. It's unbelievable. But you know what it tells me? I look through the matrix and I see something. Oh, my God, you're calling a nation again, Lord. It's a paradox. Oh, you're about to get some revelation now. It's a repeat of history. It really is. The 19 and 1940s and 50s mm, became a charismatic movement and a healing thrust. Tents began to fill. The tabernacle of David began to cast a net on the other side. A.A. Allens and all the others began to bring a clarion call, began to sweep millions into the kingdom of God. Post-World War II, after conflict comes breakthrough, then favor. Remember, it's the book of Daniel. It's a Daniel anointing. You've got conflict, persecution, then comes breakthrough, then comes favor. Praise God. And all of a sudden, 50 years later, the nation is in the same crucible again because now God's getting us ready for a harvest that's sevenfold than that which they faced in the 50s and 40s. The Catherine Coleman's and all the other great evangelists, the Billy Graham's, all the other ones that sprung from the fabric of American society and, and abroad and began to trumpet an evangelistic call, prophetic call to the world. And as those old guard begin to fall away and begin to take their place up in heaven, you're watching them every day, all of a sudden, a same exact tapestry is unfurling. A recession, a Hooverville, homelessness, unemployment. Literally, we've, all, we've almost broke the 10% spectrum to literally reach a Great Depression. There just happens to be a few buffers that keep us from hitting the skids, man, I'm telling you. Because God is baptizing a nation again for harvest, 
Famine always comes before Ruth. Famine always comes before David. Famine always brings the prophets. Famine always brings the word of God. Famine is the precursor to revival every single time. World War I brought Azusa. World War II brought a charismatic movement. 2010, friend, get ready for the most imminent, most thought-provoking, most unprecedented harvest and revival than you've ever conceived in any book of history. And this, my friend, could be the last lap. This could be it. My God. And you know what? That leads me to something. God needs us to get that sense of urgency back. There's a spirit at work. Come on, I'm just telling you from my own personal experience. I'm in more conferences than you, and I'm in more churches than you. Probably the all put together. So I'm not coming down on anything. I'm not, you know, I'm just simply saying in all that travel and experience, there's a subtle spirit at work in the body of Christ to put it to sleep. It's like the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy going through the poppy fields. She's right there at her destination. Let's just lay down. Let's just be laid down lovers. Jesus, I love you. And pretty soon you slip into a sleep that's deadly. It's deadly. Deadly in the fact that whole cities are surrounded by crisis. Millions, billions on the brink of heaven and hell. Jesus coming back. Good news. All the promises of God, yes and amen, all of them mounting up an offensive. And there's this subtle hypnotic sound in the army. Shh. It's okay. Rest. Lay down. It's no urgency at all. Just praise the Lord. Oh, boy. My Bible says in Joel, which is the prophetic minor prophet for the New Testament, sound the alarm. Wake up the mighty men. It's time to wake them up. It's time to kick them in their side. Peter's a perfect picture in a prison house. The, the angel didn't come to plant diamonds behind his ears. Bam! Get up, boy! There's a city to win. Now go back right where they arrested you and keep preaching. What? Excuse me? Go back where I was arrested and preach? That doesn't seem too logical. My God. So God's beginning to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Hades, an alarm clock, man. Now God can turn a nation to Jesus. Now he can do it. Before it was impenetrable. Poverty, tyranny, corruption. God just went, new game. New game, New Orleans. Start over. America, just start over. That can happen in a heart, not an earthquake, not a tsunami. Happen right here. Okay, Lord, let's get with this. Let's get back on the train. Let's find out the Great Commission. What are you doing with me? Let's begin to inquire with leadership. Let's begin to get in the ponder. Let's begin to pray, look at a map, start to seek the Lord. Could be across the street. Are you okay? Let me just, I want to speak to you one for a minute. I'm going to show you a scripture that God showed me. I had to have a friend look it up for me tonight on the cell phone. It's an urgency Jesus had. We've got to have the same urgency right now. I want to, if I end in anything, I want to end in that sense of urgency. Jesus had it. Jesus came to a place in his life, his uh, living on earth, his ministry, his call. He had a sense of urgency. 
It's just like he was a man-driven, wasn't he? Like a man-driven. You couldn't keep more two days in one place. He said, to other cities must I go. For this reason was I sent. He was a blur man. Jesus there, Jesus there, Jesus there. Because he knew time was short. You know what 1 Peter 4, 7 says? But the end, watch this, 1 Peter 4, 7, make a mental note. The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. It's like a watchman scripture. Watch. Tick tock, tick tock. The race is about to come on. And Jesus had this innate ability by the drawing of the Spirit, by hearing the Father, watching the Father, doing what the Father did. He lived in a sense of urgency. Let me share a scripture with you from my borrowed Bible. Praise God. I left a Bible here. That's apropos. Amen. Is it still here? Oh, wow. Let me show you a scripture in Luke 9. We're almost there. You all right? Hey, man, it's only Friday, dude. The beer joint's just opening. Maybe we'll go shoot some pool. Jesus. We were just ministering in a town called Hayfork, California, up above Reading. And uh, we took these plates of hot food to a tavern because it was so cold out. We went to the park first, and we ended up at the tavern. So we went in the tavern, all these hot food, and, and it was so funny to watch everybody in the bar start taking out money for the pastor. It's a conviction. Here, brother. They all knew he's a pastor. Been there 30 years. This 20s, 50s, 100s, here, here. No, I don't want your money, man. And uh, God just began to move. People started crying at the bar, weeping, getting prayer. I beat the local guy twice in pool, opened up a great perpetual door to preach. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the owner of the bar sends the bartender over to us and says, my bar is yours. Bring your worship band, have church. Since then, they've had dinners there, banquets, outreaches. They've literally fulfilled the scripture in the Bible. says, when you have a feast, a banquet, invite the poor, invite the lame, invite those that cannot pay you, and God will bless you. And they've sent me pictures of the whole tavern filled with those Long tables. And in April when we go back, the Saturday night worship service will be in the tavern with the sound of Willie Nelson on the jukebox. Cue balls. Praise God. That's called a city being taken. Isn't that funny, though? The illusion tells us a city being taken is in here. Sounds in here. A city being taken literally is sounds out there. No city's taken within the camp. A city's taken when Gideon creeps out at night and gets right there near the enemy, sees a guy waking up with a dream of a poor man's bread hitting the tent. Then he assumes it must be the Israelites because they were all poor. It must be us taking the camp. It's amazing, man. It's the sound of singing in the tavern, the bar. It's the sound out of these doors, man. Are you all right? Yes, you are. I know. I've already said that. Let me read this final scripture, man. Urgency. Then we'll pray. Amen? Luke 9, 51. Watch this. So prophetic, this scripture. I had no idea where this was. When the days were coming to a close. How cryptic is that? Here was Jesus at the grand finale, man, the closing days of his life. And this urgency gripped him. He was driven to a certain point. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up 
he determined in himself to go to Jerusalem. Literally in Greek, it means he stiffened his face. Or Ezekiel says his face became like stone. He became so determined. See, that's what we have to do right now. That's what's breathing in me. That's what you see this intensity. Everything in me right now is is stiffening. That sounds a little weird. What I'm trying to say is everything in me is becoming determined. Everything's changing on my website, on my what I write, what I think. There's always been this, you know, flavor for harvest, revival, whatever. But I'm telling you, everything's changing in me. I'm, I'm determined to get to the outcome of this. And I'm telling you, as a prophetic person, I'm just a precursor. God is about to change the face of the church to become focused and determined for the outcome like never before. Nations, populations, kings, princes, presidents, cities, capitals, nations, regions, parliaments, legislation are going to become at our forefront. They're going to be right there at us every day. Where can I go? What can I do? Who can I tell someone, Jesus loves you? Where can I stop my car? What can I do? An urgency is going to come upon us. Jesus. And like the Lord, everything in us is going to become focused for the outcome. And he said he had to get to Jerusalem. That's what it says. He had to get to, he had to, get to the place he was going to die. I'd have been looking for every other exit. But he knew it had to be fulfilled. And for us, it's not a Roman cross. It's a harvest. It's the nation saved. It's revival in our city streets. It's church bursting at the seams, lowering through the ceiling. <laughs> it's a free-for-all, man. And that's why he's shifting us right now. He's shifting our conscience, our determination. He's shifting everything in us, man. And he's sending people like me through the camp to sound the alarm. Pack your bag. Pack your lunch. In three days, we're crossing over. We're going to take the land. Boy, praise the Lord. So, Father, we just ask you right now, focus determination. Let us get a hold of the vision. Let us get a hold of the harvest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just want to pray all through this section for that spirit of determination, focus, tenacity. You're not done, folks. I pray Psalm 71 over old, every old man over 50. Psalm said, when I'm old and gray-headed, let me show forth thy glory to this generation. I just turned, I'm, I'm going to turn 40. Can you believe it? I forgot my Walmart stuff to get this little, uh, it's in my suitcase, but uh, with my notes. But, uh, dude, by 50, I hope I'm, oh boy, you, you guys, it's you. I can't even get a passport, Pastor. My legal issues won't even let me get a passport yet. I've got to pay 80 grand, then I can go. Any, any volunteers? You can go, though. You can go. My God, he saved the best for last. Husband and wife, you're a, you're a dynamic duo for missionary endeavors, to plant churches, to preach the gospel. You're it. God wants to use you. Man, if you're struggling with sickness, well then, you know, go out in a blaze of glory. And he could just extend your life because the workers are few. Think of that paradox. If the workers are few and you commit yourself to the harvest, guess what? Live long.
and prosper. Nanu Nanu. No, that's the wrong, wrong movie. Wrong alien. Father, I pray for this couple right here. I pray, God, that, Lord, you'd give them the harvest. I pray a, a safe prayer. Lord, send forth workers. Lord of the harvest, send forth laborers. Use them, God. Give them a motorhome. Give them wheels. Give them a KOA membership. Give them anything they need, God, to go into the highways and byways, to go to the length and breadth of this country, praying. I see a prayer on wheels right here. I see a prayer on wheels. I see a mobile hospital. I see going to reservations, poor places, places in crisis, earthquakes and uh, tornadoes, uh, cold fronts, snow, ice, all these things. You see them on the news. I see you literally following the weather channel, going places, praying, saying, God, we covered this place. We're going to get up in a high place and pray over this city. We're going to support the church here. We're going to dial back to headquarters, and they'll be praying for us, and they'll send aid if necessary. I just see a, a revival on wheels going to and fro through this nation, bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. My God, a great door of utterance opening to you. A highway to heaven. A highway to heaven. I pray you'd commission them, God. Put a fire underneath their feet. Put a new anticipation, new excitement. This ain't the retirement row, folks. Despite first impressions, this ain't the retirement row. I'm not ministering to the widows and their affliction. I'm ministering to the young people full of life and vision of seniority and experience. I feel like William Wallace who says, I'll follow you. Just lead the way. I'm telling you, brother, the only reason I'm a leader is because I have to be. I'm telling you, I'm really not qualified at all. I can put something pretty good together, but I'm telling you, you are much more qualified than I am. I'll follow you. Get us there. Take us there. My God, I pray for this whole row of champions. And I pray, God, for new life, new vision, new bill of health, new license of liberty. I pray you'd renew their youth like an eagle. I pray, God, all those visions that you've had, they've had of Israel and faraway places and and, and across the street, housing projects, whatever, the, whatever the, uh, those dimensions of your temple are that's in their heart, I pray, God, you begin to unfold that. I pray for the courage to go forward. I pray for a pastor's dream to come true of everybody saying, me, use me, use me. First one in, last one out. Where can I go? What can I do? We just lay a charge upon them. That's what Paul said. Necessity has been laid upon me. I pray for a necessity to be laid upon us, God. King James can finish the rest of that scripture. Stir them up, Lord. It's time, sister. It's time. You can do it. You can. You're like a little train. I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Well, boy. You're hitting the top of the hill. It's been about a seven-year 
I see a, just a riptide trying to pull you back. I see things. I see doctors. I see all kinds of different things. But I'm telling you right now, you're moving forward now with the tenacity, with the vengeance. I see you begin to move for the gravity of a, an experience about three and a half years ago will no longer hold you. You're beginning to move forward now. You're beginning to crest the waves of new opportunity, new vision, new destiny, new, new dreams and ideas. I'm telling you, nothing's going to hold you back. He's strengthening you. He's strengthening you now. He's putting a spirit of, of uh, victory and overcoming in you that you can be an overcomer in your lifetime. I'm telling you, it's a new vision for you. Uh, you're going to travel. You're going to go forth and go abroad. I thank you, Lord, that uh, just, just tie your shoes and tie them tight because God is sending you. God is sending you. It's a prayer of sending tonight. So we thank you, Father, for new blood, new vision, New vitality, new strength, new energy. My God, I see in the morning from about 8 in the morning till 10, you'll have such a vision. you have to write it down. Such a, it's such an enthusiasm and excitement and expectation. You know it can only come from the Lord who could uh, unveil such things, and you'll write them down, all kinds of plans, all kinds of uh, things that you know your uh, family's going to do, and you'll do it with abandonment, even if it's just in your dreams for now. But shortly they'll follow. I'm telling you, dreams always lead to reality. My God, first we dream it, first we see it, then we live it, then we breathe it. Evidence of things hoped for, substance of things not seen, faith. I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for a traveling woman and a traveling man. (laughs) Praise God. No holding back. Urgent. Oh, the band Foreigner, you do they play that band in the South? No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I thought it was just CCR. Some of you aren't smiling at me. Am I? Praise the Lord. Here's some. Wow, this is a good. This is good stuff right here. Wow, I know good stuff when I feel like an auctioneer. At a, no, <laughs> terrible joke. No, 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 no. I just. <laughs> Good stuff right here. Quality. Wow. For a man who had to fight for integrity, it's easy to see integrity when you see it now. I had to fight my, most of my life even to understand that word. So I love getting around it. I love getting close to it. Wow. And Lord, you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. There's a call settling upon you. It's the call of your grandfather. It's a call of a preacher. It's a call of an evangelist, a circuit rider. My God, a Methodist circuit rider in its truest sense, in its purest form, a reformer, preacher of the gospel. My God, you'll not be hedged in. You're going to gallop. You're going to go in the spirit. strong pillars. I just see you begin to take new vision and endeavors in the church for missions. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Train in young people. My God. Stable of young horses ready to go. Strengthen them, Lord. Jesus, 
Don't look at any financial numbers. I'm telling you, God's going to do it. Supernaturally extraordinary. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Prisons, 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 prisons. Prisons. Got an army God wants to muster. Go find him, Samuel. Go find David. He's out there in the woods. (laughs) Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless him, Lord. Come on, one more. One more hurrah. Wow, that was cool. Jesus, bless this guy. New fire, new purpose. All things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. We thank you for a resonating, resounding purpose in his soul. New vision, new light. Jesus. Like Paul, who the scales fell from his eyes in the apostolic vision to go where Christ had not been preached. Thank you for that vision in him, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen? Wow. I can just lean right here the rest of the meeting. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Any young people heard the call tonight? Any people heard the call? Sorry. Let's pray this. Let me say, I'm going to say, if I have one last hurrah, I want to pray for this homeboy right here. Say it again. Let's pray this guy. Let's kick the devil in the teeth for him. Devil's such a loser. He's such a pirate. We just thank you, Father, for, man, you're going to finish the race, brother. You're going to finish the race. You're going to finish the race. You're going to finish the race. And you'll be able to say like Paul, look, look at me. I have the scars of Christ. Scars are a good thing, brother. They prove that you've been through something. You've got a testimony that God is faithful. God is true. His promises are yes and amen. And I thank you, Father, This that, that the retirement he spoke of earlier to me, that this is a new day. This is a new beginning, I'm telling you. I won't even try to predict or prophesy. I'm just simply saying it's a new day, and God's going to open. It's curtain call, brother. It's curtain call. Not a curtain call to leave planet Earth. It's a curtain call to go into planet Earth. Oh, boy, long life. I'm telling you, you're going to live a long life. The fear of death, the enemy's been trying to tell you some things. I just bind them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Life and life more abundantly. We just pray a cease and desist to the enemy in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father, that the war against his body, that Father will begin to dissipate and dissolve, Father, a time of peace. It's been like a 40 days in the wilderness, but I just see a time of peace coming. Mark, the book of Mark said the devil left him for a while. I just see the devil relenting from his uh, ruthless uh, attack against you. I thank you, Jesus, for uh, healing his body. I thank you for giving him strength and vision. We just prophesy a long life. Anyone interested in prophesying that? Long, long life. Huge, long. See many things, many places. Wow. Praise God. Enjoy what God has given you. My Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We 
We just declare to the enemy right now a, a, a complete demise of his plans. Right now, all the powers, the imps and hirelings of the enemy, the encampment and entrenchment around him, right now we declare an utter defeat to you. We declare a Jericho defeat to the enemy around about his livelihood, around about his household, uh, the threats and the warrants that are against his life. We just right now, we banish them and burn them. At the cross of Jesus, Father, we thank you for a blazing ensign of new life, uh, new beginnings, and new health. We thank you, Father, for a new vision for the kids. I see, uh, I see a lot of free time. You're working with young people. I just see a lot of vision and submitting a lot of things to the, the pastoral staff saying, Matt, I got an idea for this, and we could use the park and a barbecue and all kinds of ideas. I just see God ripping and roaring through you with ideas and uh, uh, getting back in the ring. I'm telling you, you're... Your, your greatest rounds ahead of you. Your greatest victories ahead of you. And we praise the Lord for these things, God. You'll be like George Foreman, brother. Praise God. Whipping together hamburgers, feeding people. Boy, I'm telling you, knocking the devil silly. This is God's George Foreman. He's just white. He's just white. That's all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And look, he's even got his little sippy cup. Look, at, I'll tell you what, that is, that is absolutely classic. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. Well, pray for me. I'm leaving for uh, Columbus, Ohio, and they're getting rocked by snowstorms, so i got to check the airports, see if I'm even leaving. So maybe we'll hang out tomorrow. Praise God. We'll see. I hope I get there. It's powerful, powerful things happening everywhere. Let's just stand up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to pray for you. High five. We thank you, Lord, for the call of God in her life, Lord. We thank you for the poet. We thank you for the poetic prose, the words, the lyrics, the content in her heart, Father. We thank you for the rhyme and the reason to live. We thank you, Father, that you've called her with a holy calling, God, a peculiar calling that many will not understand. Many will not be able to define what you've called her to, Father, and to the genre you've called her to. Wow, what a, what a, what a different place God has called you to, a genre of people, faces different, so different. We thank you for the call of God. Lord, we affirm it today, Lord. We thank you for the strange things that God is doing through her life, Jesus. Praise the Lord. It's the signature of God on you. It's the signature of God on you. Man, predictable and normal is not the signature of God, by the way. So if you're caught in the riptide of that, you can escape tonight. <laughs> Jesus. Ha! Praise God. Normal. I, I fight against it. I don't, man, normal, normal, I think normal fights against me now. The, the, the tide has turned. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we thank you for the call of God, the songs, Lord, the poetry, the writings, the things, the memoirs, the journals, the blogs, the things that she's going to write and express to the world, Father. We thank you for a people of a foreign country that's going to read the things that she writes and the things that she says. I'm, God's going to give you a worldwide audience, uh, literally. With little effort, little effort, uh, right from the, from the comfort of your own home, I just see God opening the nations to you and uh, giving you the heathen as an inheritance and souls, many, many souls. We thank you for the great adventure, Father. We thank you that I just saw just the last, like around the end of the year, just getting through something. I saw you just get through something. You went through it quickly, and uh, you're moving ahead, and uh, you've not allowed it to... to uh, 
to hedge you in or keep you down. I thank you, Lord, that she's moving forward. It was just a little blimp on the radar, and there she goes, boy, sailing to new seas, new opportunities. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. And here's a missionary, if I've ever seen one. Missionaries always dress a little different. Missionaries always, I'm telling you, missionaries are a peculiar crowd. I'm telling you, I don't, I'm telling you, there's a missionary. I can tell a missionary by the way they dress sometimes. Some of them can be a little deceptive, but clear as a bell, clear as a bell. Call to the nations, call to the nations, call to the nations. I see the islands. I see Tonga, Samoa, Hawaii. I see the Polynesian countries. I see China. I see the whole Pacific Rim. Boy, praise God. Thank you for the call of God. Thank you for the clarion call of God, Jesus. We thank you for a missionary born and bred for, to go to the nations. Born and bred like a thoroughbred horse in Louisville, Kentucky. God has bred you for the nations. God has groomed you for the lost and the harvest, for the decadent and the broken, for those in slave trades and human slave trade. Children bought and sold with pennies and bread. Little kids that have no value of life that are literally in an underground railroad of sin and decadence. God has called you to be a rescuer, to be a, uh, one that would make Make a difference, snatching them from the fire, despising even the garment touched by the flesh. God has called you to be a rescuer, a rare breed to cast your net on the other side of a predictable religious. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Father, you've called her, Father. I see God injecting you with the pain. Uh, see, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a pain. It's, a, it's a, a fellowship of a suffering. My God, you'll feel their heartbeat. You won't be able to navigate through one of those shows on TV. You'll just be broken, and God will give you a vision for them. You'll know how to pray for them. You'll know, you'll know a strategy. You'll have a strategy. Whether you do it or not or you execute it or not, you'll have a strategy for those people, for those children. You're going to have a strategy for them. You're going to say, this is how we have to pray. Seven days we've got to pray like this. Ten days we've got to pray like that. You'll have a Daniel strategy, how to pray for the children and the lost and the nations and the people in distress and despair. A strategy. A strategy for them. My God, they need us. They need us. They need us. They need you. They need you. They need your prayer. They need your love. They need your life. I see a decision about to come by the summertime. A decision. Run one road is success. A one seems a lesser road. It seems like a road less traveled. It's, it doesn't seem like your ambition is on that road and the dreams that you've had. But I tell you, take the road less traveled and you'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. Not that any road necessarily better. The outcome is, is more glorious. I'm just telling you, take the lesser road and you will see the glory of God. My Lord. It's a road of Martha. It's a road of Mary. My God. I thank you for the call of the Lord in her life, Lord Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for a Jesus freak. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Wow. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Father. Bless him, Lord. Praise God. Yeah, bless her, Lord. Another weird one. No, it's just kidding. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hey, it's me telling you that, so you, you can, it's all right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
Yeah, it's the misfits. You've been called to the misfits, the alternative, the people left on the side of the road. The others seem to pass right by. You see them, don't you? With utter clarity, with the glaring clarity, you see them. You see them. You're a connection to them. You're a hook and a ladder. You're a hook and a ladder. That's your ministry. God's giving you wisdom on that. A hook and a ladder. You're going to hook them. You're going to take them to heaven. My God, we thank you for the anointing on her life to reach this generation. We thank you, Father, for a radical, death-defying relationship with Jesus. Death-defying. On the tightrope, way up high, risking her life and limb for the call of God. I thank you for a one like that, Jesus, that will garner the attention of the desperate, the derailed, and those that are in despair. And Jesus, my, I see a lot of people in darkness. Even the way they dress is dark. God's calling them to the light. And you're a hook and a ladder, a hook and a ladder. Jesus, mighty name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Go, Georgia. Praise the Lord. No, no. Praise God. This is, this is, look at this row here. Boy, he's got a, he's got a North Carolina hat on. No, I'm, excuse me. No. Praise. See, up, up north, you can never joke like that. It means nothing. Go to Seattle and say, dude, Huskies, what? Excuse me, a dog? You know what? Come down here and say, Alabama, you get shot. <laughs> Boy, telling you, it's a crazy. South's a trip. Go Bear Bryant. No. Anyways, come here, brother. Praise the Lord. Jesus. Amen. Take me, brother. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what, some of you crazy, what, the people I just prayed for, come up here. You weird, strange people. Pray for them, would you? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I just want to, uh, as you're praying for Pastor Keith, I just want to, I'm just in a good habit of binding devils. You know what I mean? That's where it's a guarantee outcome. Just bind devils. And I just want to bind every devil against you, against your health, against your stomach, against your intestines, against your blood pressure, against your cholesterol. I rebuke the enemy right now against the joints in your knees and hips and the lower back. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke every imp and every connotation, every witchcraft, every uh, uh, fair-weather friend that that, uh, brought betrayal. I bind and rebuke every season of the enemy against you. I rebuke uh, anything against your mind and even the chemicals of your mind. It might be something in the future. Well, it won't be now. I thank you for his hearing. I thank you for clear hearing, clear sight. I thank you for new life in his eyes and his teeth and his throat, his larynx, his heart, uh, his digestive system, Father, his prostrate. I thank you for healing and power going coursing through his body, for he's a leader of the end times, God. That's what's going to preserve his life. That's what's going to keep him here for a long, long time because he's going to be one of the new breed, God. He's going to be one of those in this end time that's going to continue to raise up the church from glory to glory, evolution to evolution, faith to faith. I thank you, Father, for uh, the dismissal of every attack, Father. I thank you for strength and sleep that's sweet. I thank you, Father, for the nighttime seasons, God, and uh, just that incredible sense of expectation. I thank you for new vision and uh, things that are just extraordinary, Father. Even by the 4th of July, I'm telling you, like 4th of July is like a crossroads of some timeline that you're going to cross as just a minister, a man, a leader, and a servant of the Lord, a a man of God, a child of the King, and that you're just going to cross over. I see 4th of July as some type of 
time of uh, crossing over and a, a timeline or a f- mile marker or a furlough in the racetrack of your life. And we thank you, Father, that this is a year of great jubilee and blessing. We thank you right now that the, the enemy is hedged out. Lord, we just, we just right now, we, we, we hedge the enemy out right now, Father. He has no place in his habitation. He has no place round about his household in within the fabric of his life in any way, shape, or form. God, we just, right now, the ticks, the, all the things that would come against him, we just eliminate them right now in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for new life and a new spring in his step. And I know a lot of things are really good right now, but boy, you ain't seen nothing yet because the best is yet to come. The latter house is always greater than the former. The latter end is always greater than the beginning. The outcome of Job was double portion. The end of the chapter is always better than the middle of the book. It's the best is yet to come. And Lord, the that ink of posterity we saw earlier in song is definitely wet on the his heart and the pages of his future. And you're beginning to write out decrees and declarations and things to come. It's just the wet ink on the pages of his future, just writing and calligraphy and, and just incredible, beautiful writing what God intends for him, the future and the hope and all the things that God has put into motion. We thank you that you've given us the pleasure and the privilege of prophecy that we can speak and encourage and edify and build up and bring warning and and uh, and a sound the alarm and quicken our step and give us a greater urgency that we can finish the things that you've called us to do in our lifetime father and i thank you that the next decade of his life i'm reminded of a prayer i prayed over lauren cunningham uh, in kona hawaii and god said to, uh, had me pray over the great patriarch of of, of ywam he said tell him the next 10 years will eclipse the last 30 and i just feel the same prayer over you as i just mentioned that the next 10 years of your life is going to eclipse the previous 30 because the greatest is yet to come according to scripture the promises of the bible the oracles of God it's always the best is last and the last are first and so on and so on and we thank you father that he is just blossoming he's just coming into a maturation he's just beginning to fit the shoes that you've put on him and shot at him for and I thank you father it's just the beginning God and every devil and demon knows it and they've thrown their best at him God but it's coming to nothing it's being neutralized all around him even things that he'll, he just would never even knew are coming out of him just are, are gone They're, they'll never exist they'll never come into his existence Father we thank you right now for a, a, a just a fresh breath of air and energy and strength and vision I just see you even doing things uh, with your body you haven't done for a while. I see hobbies you once did and even a, a sport you once loved. I see you, you might not be, you know, like you were at 20, but I see you picking up some things again. I just see it as a natural uh, chain of events happening in your life. It's a sign of the times and what God's doing in your members. And uh, he's just uh, renewing your youth. And uh, it might not be at a fast pace as it was, but I see you just picking up things and hobbies and things you enjoy to do. Hiking, I see mountains and streams and lakes and faraway places. And God's sending you and doing all kinds of extraordinary things. So, Father, we thank you for a new strength in his step and his joints and his body and his from the crown of his head to the balls of his feet. Strength, Father, strength. That's what warriors, warriors are never over till it's over. Strength in his heart. Thank you for a champion's heart, Father. Thank you, Father, for um, surrounding his heart with fire. Like that Catholic picture you always see with a heart full of fire. I see a heart surrounded by fire that disease can't touch. Uh, Arteries of a champion, of an Olympian, of a warrior. I thank you, Father, that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' mighty name. Shikarasa. Shurakidada. Burikadarasa. 
Gird up his loins, God. Gird up his loins, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 A champion, a warrior, a champion, a warrior, a champion, a warrior. Special forces. I'm telling you, you're God's SEAL team. You're God's SEAL team, and strategies are coming. Strategies. You'll only be able to share at the core group, but there's strategies. Oh, they'll, 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 they'll come to the rest in due time, but strategies God's going to give you. Boy, strategies behind enemy lines, ploys and tactics and strategies. Oh, my. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to show him. Just like David Wilkerson years ago in his upper room at midnight. Strategies. Strategies. Thank you, Jesus. Seal team. God's seal team. He's sealing this stuff. God's seal team. He's sealing these days with his sons and daughters. Praise the Lord. Y'all give it up for Jesus.